We live in a world with different generations and this can be messy and confusing, beautiful and inspiring. Sometimes we need the time to pause, reflect and listen to each other and the XYZ Experiment podcast brings you these conversations. I'm Fiona, your Gen X, and joining me today is our Gen Y Dash and our Gen Z Luke. So I recently read a book called The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Have any of you heard about it? It's like the book, the latest like fantasy book that's gone crazy, right? Absolutely crazy, like number one bestseller and all this sort of stuff. And uh, you could say it's a bit YA, maybe more YA sort of... Um, young adult. Yeah, 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 YA, young adult. Uh, I love young adult. and um, But probably maybe sort of over the age of 18, young adult, that sort of age, because it's got sex, quite a bit of sex in it. Anyway, um, uh, it's written by a, a romance novelist, but it's not a romance novel. It's more a fantasy novel. I love fantasy. I like to read a lot. Anyway, I read it. I enjoyed it so much. I read it again. And I'm tempted to read it again, all within a period of like six or seven weeks. Like it's actually ridiculous. It's it's a huge book. And then that's got me thinking about how sometimes in you can be in certain periods of your life where you like to reread things or you like to listen to things. Like sometimes when I'm walking to the gym, I might listen to the same song four times in a row. Just repeat, just repeat it, just repeat it, just repeat it. And I often think about what is what is why do I need that why do why do and is that something that you guys do as well or is that just a x thing because I had a research on it because I was thinking why am I doing this and they said you often re-listen to things and reread things when you need comfort and when you need to go back to like a homeostasis and if you actually already know the ending of the story or you know the ending of the TV show or the movie and things like that, it brings you great comfort when you need it to re-watch it again. And I just think, is that is that a generational thing? Is that a human thing? I just wonder what that is. Mm. I think it's definitely a human thing, but I think it's something that Gen Z does not do as much. Okay. I think just even the terms like content and consumption, which are used for a lot of the art that we experience, it gives you a good indication of the way in which we actually experience it. A lot of the time it's just smashing through TV shows and movies just so you can go and watch the next one. Okay. As opposed to really sitting with it and resonating with it and trying to connect with it because all art's trying to form a relationship with you, right? And you're trying to get something out of the art. And I don't know if that's necessarily something that my generation or that I've actually been good at. And coming back from my travels, I actually had this huge urge to reread a lot of stuff that I had read in the past. And I actually found myself going back to, you know, our generation's very much into like lists, like top 50 books or top 50 TV shows. And there were a couple of lists that I remembered that I really enjoyed. And I actually went back and, and reread them all and actually started picking out things that not only I'd read, but things that I had tried to read, but didn't like. And you realize that with a lot of lists like that, all the books, for example, if we're using books are amazing, but they're all not amazing at the same time for you. Mm. And, you know, planets align and something will really resonate with you. And that's something you'll come back to over and over again. But it's been really interesting going back and reading things that I had read multiple times at a particular period of my life and going back and seeing how different that relationship was now. Yeah, just do you, what do you think is pulling you back to that? Do you think it's a nostalgia? Do you think it's a, 
Why, why, why do you think you're going back to it? Going back to what I was saying about just consuming content kind of blindly, I feel like you don't often get those really kind of profound feelings afterwards. And so, you know, I can think of novels that I read when I was in high school that if I read them now, I would be like, this is a shocker. Mm. But I think back not to the actual book itself, but the feeling that it gave me when I read it. Yeah. And so even if when I go back and read it, I've got a different relationship with this book, it's going back to that feeling or what led to me having that feeling and just reminding yourself like, you know, good art is like good food. Like it makes you feel really good. And if you're just blindly just going through and just eating rubbish constantly, yeah. you just feel terrible. And so going back to those and rereading those things that actually made you feel something I think is really, really important. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Dutch? So I reread books often. Yeah. And I remember when back in the day when we were traveling and, you know, we didn't have smartphones um, and didn't have Kindles and stuff, I would always bring on our trips books I'd already read. And um, because it was a comfort thing and I knew what to expect and I just always had this fear of taking on the plane or with me a book and not liking it and therefore not being able to switch off or engage or read a book um, in that situation. I have since challenged myself to just read new content and to read um, new books and things like that because I felt like I wasn't growing as much because I was just rereading the same stuff. But I will say this, there were two books that absolutely broke my heart on the first reading. So the first one was Time Traveller's Wife. Oh, yeah. I like oh, I've got grieved. a chill, you just saying that, yeah. I, gr- I literally grieved for a couple of weeks when yeah. that book finished. It really hit me profoundly and I reread it when I was in Prague. I yeah. was like away and I was like, okay, I'm going to bring it and reread it because I was like, I know now what the ending is. And I need to read it knowing what the ending is so I can like almost come to terms with the grief of the book. And you get so much more from it, that yeah. second read. A hundred percent. Because you know ahead. So you, you start to see that stuff before it comes. A hundred percent. And then um, the other book was The Book Thief oh, yeah. um, by Marcus Zusak. And um, th- that book, again, destroyed me the first time I read it. And just like moments of that book, I really found incredible but I had to reread it again mm. to really absorb it but I am notorious for re-watching stuff and it has always been one of the things that when I'm in a difficult thing or doing something really hard like writing a thesis or writing a grant or writing stuff there are particular shows or things that I will always have in the background yeah. to almost mirror the journey I feel of doing that there's a lot of Harry Potter that gets played yeah. there's a lot of Lord of the Rings that gets played um, I went through a phase of kind of trying to put in sitcoms to lighten the mood, but it didn't quite work. So um, <laughs> it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Will you ever get to a book and start it and go, this is agony. I just can't get through this book. Like it's so poorly written or it's not like, because I do that often. I start a book and just think, nah. I just and I push I do push myself through that often when I go no and try to go a little bit further into it and then just go I just can't and I put it down and sort of by my bed at one stage I had about six or seven books that I had half started and not finished 
and then kept thinking, I'll get back to, I'm just not in the right headspace for this. But literally, I just think, no, there's so many good books out there. I just can't give this another moment of my time. Do you ever do that? Because I've got friends who say they, once they start, they finish. And I'm like, how, how do you do that? I just think that doing that, you just enjoy reading less. Mm. Yeah. There is no, you don't have to commit to reading something that you don't like. Like Mm. I I totally understand the idea of, oh, but a book gets good at X point, but it's also like, well, how long do I need to invest in reading something before I actually start enjoying it? Mm. Yeah. Because again, I was kind of saying this before, it's a little bit aromantic, but you know, art is a little bit transactional in the sense that you're investing your time in it, which is like the most valuable resource we have for something, whether it's an escape, it's entertainment, it's insight. And if you're not getting that from a work for one reason or another, as you said, there's infinite amount of other art that you can engage in that will give you that. It's really interesting that kind of sunk cost fallacy where it's like people like, I've committed to reading this book, I have to finish it. But I actually think that really like deters people from reading in general. I would agree with that. And like I'm, I'm in multiple book clubs and so sometimes people will suggest a book that I'm like, oh, I really don't want to read that. Mm. And so, you know, the last one that I had that reaction to was The Dutch House by Anne, I don't know how to say her name. Patchett. I've actually left clubs because I can't stomach the books. Anne Patchett. Oh, yeah, um, Anne Patchett, yeah. And everyone loves her, right? Yeah. I do not like her yeah. style of writing. Um, and so I couldn't get through it. And so what I now tend to do is... I either skim, like I just kind of, just so that I can participate in a book club conversation or I read a synopsis of the yep. book so I know what happens in the end, but I won't then really invest the rest of the time in fully enjoying it because otherwise I just stop reading if I'm not, I won't pick up the book if I'm not enjoying it. So can I ask, going back to a generational question about books, so I'm going to talk from a Gen X point of view and then it would be really interesting in what you guys have to say like so when I was growing up in high school um, we used to have this big poster on the wall and your name would be there and this is through multiple years for me and every time you finished a book you would have to take the book to the teacher and the teacher would then ask you a question about the book and if she felt that you'd read it you'd get a gold star next to your name and then through the year you know, it'd be all these gold stars on people who've read different books. And I was prolific in my reading. Like I really, because my father um, very much so is that way. So I was reading really heavy tombs from a very, very young age and being read to every night by my father. Um, and then that's carried on through my adult years. Like I still, but now it's a Kindle, of course. I don't lug her. Like I used to go to Europe and take six books and yeah. can't believe how heavy my bag is. The Kindle is absolutely my... I love the Kindle, and um, and 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 no, I I can't go to sleep without reading. I literally it can be two in the morning, and I'm so tired, but I still have to read before I fall asleep. What's that like for say a Gen Z? Do you read books all the time? Like, what sort of things are you you doing? Personally, I don't really watch a lot of TV shows or movies, so I'm constantly reading as well. Um, and I I share similar habits to you. I think growing up, I was just like a prolific reader prolific reader i was a reader Mm. and that's just a habit i've continued i think that it's it's hard for gen z now because there's just so much to so much content and i really don't like using that word but so many things competing for your your attention and so i find that with a lot of people that i talk to it's less like this general exploration of 
books as like a medium and a lot more like specific books I'm going to go and buy and read. And I really enjoyed that book, but now I'm going to go watch TV shows and watch yeah. movies. Do you, do you get the hard, do you get, uh, is it a live version of a book or are you reading it online, the book? Personally, for me, I do it, I buy physical books. Okay. Um, just because I like the disconnect. Yeah. I like not having like an artificial light when I'm reading. Yeah. I like just sitting in my bed and having, it's just a little, little less abstract. Like everything else is digital. I like to have just one one degree of separation from technology. And that for me is a lot of the time reading. Yeah. Do you know, one of the reasons why I'm on a Kindle is because you can increase the size of the lettering. Right. Because some of the mm. books I have trouble, like um, the writing is so small that it actually is exhausting for me to physically, because I love books too, um, physically do it. So mm. like, so if it's a novel, I always get it on the Kindle. But if it's like a beautiful picture book or it's always the proper book, because what I haven't told you is my favourite shop of all time is Dimox. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I would go to Dimox every single week and have a look. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I've actually met the owner and I know him and I chat to him and like I just obsessed with seeing books but I just can't read them. Like they're too spurious. I can have nice big writing on my Kindle and that's why I've switched to the Kindle literally. How about you, Dash? What do you, what do you do? Well, I also was a prolific reader. I actually used to get in trouble because I would read overdoing my chores at home and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I would smash through books, smash through them. And I was reading way above my age mm. group. Like I'd find, like when I was in primary school and I had to do readers, I was like, what is this? Yeah, like we what is wrong same. with yeah. these people? I did go through a stage where I went digital with yeah. reading, but I've gone back to physical books for the same reason as Luke. I have to not look at a screen because yeah. um, I'm at a computer all day. Um, but also the other reason I really love buying physical books is I love giving them to my mum or my sister or a friend to be able to yeah. read as well because um, you can't really do that with a yeah. Kindle. So I love the sharing ability and then being able to talk to them afterwards and have a conversation about the books we loved and didn't love and why and it's yeah it's really good because you'll laugh because I get a lot of books as gifts from people because they know I like to read so they'll give me the physical book and then I say to my husband can you buy it for me on the kindle wow. <laughs> and I read it on the kindle and then I share that book yeah. with other people yeah I share it around so but it's just like I get a lot of books like at Christmas time and things like that and and I think and I don't say anything to anyone I think oh great but then yeah I kindle it so I can actually not have to um, but can I go back to something yeah. Luke was talking about? Yeah. Because I feel this, that there are too many books now, right? There's too many people who are writing. Everyone is writing a book. I want to write and, a book. Yeah, I, same, same. <laughs> I'm not discounting that. But the reality is there are a lot of terrible books yes. out there oh, now. Shock. Like yes. everyone can get published. Um, well, you can self-publish. You can self-publish. Yeah. There are so many terrible books. So I feel like sometimes finding and navigating what book to read can be hard, hence why the lists are good mm -hmm. because you can sit there and think, okay, if that's a list I trust from a, and, yeah. and they've got books on there that I've liked before, yeah. then I can know what to pick. But I find it overwhelming sometimes going into a bookstore and being confronted with all these titles of I haven't researched them, I don't know if they're good, and there is so much bad writing out there. Absolutely. And the issue is that every idea 
is like in theory a good idea. Yeah. So you can read it a blurb and be like, oh, that's a good idea. I, um, I'd, I'd be interested in that. And then you start reading it and you're like, oh. Execution fail. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a quote once from a publisher and he said that everybody has a book in them. Every single human being has a book, but some of them should just keep that book to themselves. It's <laughs> 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 so true. Yeah. Um, it is funny though, having said that, I'm not writing it. I haven't written a fiction book, but we did as a team, um, just finished writing um, a textbook. And I have enjoyed that process so much because working with a copy editor, like I was always like, yeah, I'm a pretty good writer. Then you work with a copy editor Mm. and you're like, I really am not. (laughs) And I've learned so much from the process. But um, I do think, you know, people can give it a go, but just realise you might need people with expertise and you need to take on the feedback when someone says that was not communicated well. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I read Stephen King's memoir on writing. Yes. And right at the end he's of it... He's prolific. He's a prolific yeah. writer. And right at the end of it, he just says, just for your own, like, just so you can see, here's a chapter, uh, like the first chapter of one of his really, like, well-known novels. I've forgotten which one it is just so you can see how much of it gets axed after like the first <laughs> read. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. Cause you do see that even someone like, like Stephen King, like half of that chapter is just like, there's just lines going through it. Yeah. Um, the, my other question to you both then is what type of books are you reading? Because I read different books at different stages in my life. So when I was a young business owner in my twenties, I read heaps of business books and lots of books about emotional intelligence and all that sort of stuff and managing people. And then over the last, since, you know, I no longer own a business, so now I'm more into non uh, into fiction and really got heavily into a lot of, um, uh, I like a lot of fantasy and things like that. I really enjoy it. Even Harry Potter's fantasy. I love yeah. Harry Potter. You know, and then I got sucked into the Twilight stuff yeah. and... That was um, terrible writing, though. Yeah, I know, but um, <laughs> but I didn't get sucked into Fifty Shades of Grey. No, <laughs> I didn't get sucked I neither into did that. I. So I, my husband introduced me a lot to that sort of writing, like Terry Pratchett and you know all that sort of stuff. So and then you go down a whole rabbit hole with that sort of um, books because I grew up like the books that I grew up as a child, young child reading was obviously um, Tolkien. We read a lot of Tolkien. Mm-hmm. A lot of Somerset Maughan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read the Austens, mm-hmm. like a lot of that sort of. Oh, and I loved Wuthering Heights and you know. Bronte Did you and read Enid Blyton? Yes, but not a lot. We read a lot of more, yeah, more of those sorts of books. My dad was bringing into the household. Also, um, we read a lot of books. Um, uh, like as I got older, I got really heavily into Swedish noir, you know, <laughs> and reading a lot of that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, I think you go through phases, you know, of the types of books that you read. And only now and again will I pick up a nonfiction where I think, oh, this is really going to benefit me. Like I've just finished the book on um, longevity, um, which I really enjoyed. I just wonder what sort of books you're reading. Is it fiction, nonfiction? What, what makes you choose it? Yeah, I'm very much at the moment in like a huge fiction kick. Mm. Um, I read a lot of manga as well. Which oh, yeah, is, yeah. Great. So yeah. that's also very much fiction. I find it quite hard sometimes with nonfiction because I just sometimes feel like, wow, did this really, it, they're like great ideas, but did this really need to be a book or did you kind of just like commodify one idea and turn it into like a full piece? Yeah. Mm. And so I find it sometimes quite hard to read nonfiction. Um, I read a lot of, fantasy as well i really love 
law, like yep. looking at like these expansive stories and like generational stories and all these really it's just incredible. The world building. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm like, I don't know if I've got like a go-to genre, but I love reading anything like Greek mythology, classical mythology related. That will always turn my Not head. Not Percy Jackson? That, so I, didn't <laughs> I read a, all those. I didn't <laughs> actually grow up reading Harry Potter. I yeah. grew up reading Percy Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was my introdu- introduction to reading. And I was like, whoa, writing that's actually. That's all the Greek and the Roman mythology. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you go, wow, okay, writing really can speak to me and my culture and my yeah. interests as well. So yeah, a lot of fiction for that reason. Um yeah, not as into nonfiction at the moment. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dash? What are the millennials reading? Well, I mean, I grew up with Harry Potter yeah. and, you know, would wait obsessively for the oh. next book to drop and all of that kind Harry of stuff. Potter. I took Harry Potter to my book club when the first one came out as yeah. my book. Whoa. <laughs> but I you love know, Harry Potter. <laughs> it, I just remember the last book coming out, um, I think I was doing my honours year and I was like meant to be writing and I just set aside time just to re- smash through it. Um I read a mix of fiction and non-fiction, but my non-fiction is usually autobiographies. And oh. so I kind of similar to you, like sometimes I, I struggle with the idea and how much people stretch it in a book. Um, but two of the autobiographies I've absolutely loved are Trevor Noah's Born a Crime and um, U2's Surrender. So Bono wrote this book called Surrender. Anyway, it's amazing actually worth listening on an audiobook because they both narrate them um but otherwise i do read a lot of fiction and that can be all types and genres of fiction to be honest and at the moment i'm reading still life um which has been a harder slog for me but i read seven moons of malia alameda who won the booker prize yes if you like fantasy read that book it is incredible and it's set in Sri Lanka. So obviously mm. I also had a connection to that, but it was incredible. Um, and I also um, read Demon Copperhead, Demon Copperhead, Copper- yeah, Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver, which is about the opioid crisis in the US. So I like books that fictionalize history yeah. yeah, so that I learn the history through a fictional character Um so that's often how I learn about things. If I was to read a history book on its own, I would find that very boring. I, I um, A couple of times, uh, because, as I said, I like to visit Dimox quite a bit, there's often a big queue outside the door of Dimox and I'll, I'll stop and ask people why they're queued up because it means there's an author in the shop and they'll tell me what the author is and then normally if I see the cues enormous I will go buy one of their books yeah because mm. I think if you could get that many people to turn out for you and just queue you know hundreds of meters down the road I'm going to come and buy your book and have a read and see if it's any good you know mm. just uh, I'll do that as well just uh, and I've got I've picked up some great authors that way times I've seen enormous cues outside there was um, Julia Gillard's biography oh yeah she had an enormous queue out there and um, John Howard of course had an enormous yeah, queue of outside course. the door as well so <laughs> do you go so you go and you see a big line you see yeah. that the author is very popular yeah. Yeah. so you go and buy their work do you then go wait in line to get it signed no no I was about no. to say and what? I don't buy it that day because the shop is absolutely packed yeah. but I just find out who is it I can't be bothered 
waiting for people to sign a book. I was going to ask, what is your interaction with them? Do you pretend like you're a fan or what do you Nah, no interaction at all. Nah, just if I see a signed copy of a book, like, you know, they've signed extra books, I'll buy that signed copy. Mm. So I've got quite a few signed copy books, but um, I don't stay to wait. I think the only person I ever got to sign my book um, was a woman who did I Quit Sugar, Sarah. Oh, yeah, um, Wilson. Wilson. She signed my book for me once when I was at an event um, there. So And just talked to her. We were actually running a sugar-free company at the time, so that was quite a sort of business interaction as we spoke to her. Um, but, um, mm. yeah, that's the only time I've ever sort of sat with an author. Yeah. Would you, would you queue up for an author to sign your book? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Another person that I've seen really huge queues is Matthew Riley, oh, the yeah. Aussie author. He yeah. gets massive queues of people outside the um, books as well. But and see, I find I... it interesting because, yes, I go to a physical bookstore, mm. but I would not be swayed by necessarily the queues. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, sometimes I just think, oh, if that's what popular culture is liking, I'll buy one. I mean, I've read, I've read a few of Matthew's books as well. Yeah. You know how I interact with authors is on Instagram. Oh, see, I don't do that. In yeah. what way? Like you reach out to them or you just follow them? Um, so whenever I'm reading a book, yeah. I often will take a photo of it and then tag the authors yeah. and then they respond. So, do they really? Yeah, so, yeah. Or they will repost my story to their story and then we get to have a little interaction. So that's happened quite a bit with me and Trent Dalton. Yes. Just to name drop. Um, <laughs> and because I've read quite a lot of his books and one in particular, I was getting an infusion in hospital. So it was like a picture of my arm with the cannula in the book and saying how much I was enjoying reading it while I was in hospital. And he like wrote this beautiful message about going, oh, I hope oh. you're feeling okay and all of this kind of stuff and had a back and forwards. Um, and then the one that like totally buzzed me was Brene Brown. And so one year when I didn't get my fellowship application, I posted from her book, Rising Strong, and yeah. a quote that she had from that and tagged her in it. And that was on Twitter. Yes. Now X. Yes. And she wrote a beautiful message back about how hard it is, you know, the grant funding stuff and, and to hang in there and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. So that's how I engage with authors. I've read quite a few um, articles about authors who've then said they want to hear from their readership. Okay. To tell people when you've enjoyed your book. Yes. In the, if you enjoyed the book and, and why. And, you know, it's also putting a call out to your friends. Oh, this book was really good. Read it. Yeah. And I think that must help them. And I think particularly for my generation who may not be going into stores as much, we do read on Kindles a lot or, you know, buy books that get posted directly to our house. Yeah. You don't have that same interaction. It's true, actually, because I think about my generation. We want to go into the store. I want to yeah. have a look at all the books and their covers and have a smell and a feel and all that. But the younger generations, you guys don't do that as much, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I actually think that there's a little bit of like, a renaissance in my generation with going and buying books physically. Oh, okay. I feel like because I would say that my generation probably, at least my year from 1998 onwards, I'd say, it's a, yeah, digital babies. A lot of what we did and now do is all digital and all online. I feel like now in our kind of mid to late 20s, we're almost kind of trying to rebalance 
So I'm finding actually a lot of people in my life in particular who are actually going out of their way to go and buy physical books. I actually don't know a single person that uses a Kindle. Really? Or like reads predominantly online. But that's like we were saying earlier, you guys are sick of screens. Yeah, we are sick of screens. Yeah. But Luke, would you contact an author? Absolutely not. (laughs) Even if you loved the book? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I think that my generation... Because of things like like the normalization of communicating through digital means, I think a lot of people like DM influencers and celebrities. I just don't I just don't see a reason to. I don't know. <laughs> I like I use Goodreads quite a lot, so if I really felt strongly about a book, I would leave like a review there. Okay. I suppose. But I wouldn't go out of my way to to like actually message the author themselves. Yeah. Would you leave a, leave a review of a book? No, but I would message the author. <laughs> I read all the reviews. I definitely read yeah. reviews. Like they're really important. And, but you definitely message the author. I think yeah. that's a millennial thing. I do think that. But, I, but it's not just a message. I have to take a photo of me <laughs> in a beautifully curated spot. So I have to have a coffee mug, the book. I might be at the beach. The dog might be there. And then I post it on my Instagram stories. And then, you know, tag them. Then the DM happens from there. And then, you know, like I follow up and say, I really loved your book. So I wouldn't DM them without the photo. How do you unpack that? that you have to <laughs> you have to have a stylized picture of you reading the book with the dog starring in it yeah. and the coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I think it makes sense because if you just go out of your way to DM them, there's no way you're going to grab anyone's attention. But if you've got like some really artsy. <laughs> <laughs> They're more likely to share it. If it's a pretty photo. Yeah. Because it's this beautiful photo. <laughs> As opposed to me in my pyjamas, like reading the book. <laughs> or me half asleep in bed reading it. <laughs> yeah. So thought goes into that. <laughs> and I'm sure they appreciate that. I'm good. I'm a bit of their marketing team. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.